Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Four Feathers Podcast. I am your host, Johnny Nani, joined today by Tony Marchese. Tony, we've got a immediate reaction pod, but first, let's crack them and get caught up on everything Blackhawks. Tony, welcome back. Uh, good to be back on the Four Feathers Podcast. It has been a while since we've done one of these. Obviously, the COVID-19 pandemic shutting all sports down. Um, obviously hockey has been shut down since mid-March. Um, not a whole lot to talk about until today. John McDonough was fired. Um, first of all, Tone, how you doing? And what was your immediate reaction to what happened today in the Blackhawks world? Well, Johnny, it's just it's good to be back on the mic talking Blackhawks hockey. Um, I heard the 2010 uh, Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup. Uh, I think you and I talked a little bit about that. Uh, we did some recaps for that, but that was like the last time we talked. That was really early on in this whole lockdown, no sports thing. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of just shocked today. Not something that I expected to hear. I don't know if I fully processed it yet, but uh, yeah, John McDonough getting fired. Not the name I thought we'd see go first either. That's my initial reaction. Uh, if I was expecting anybody to go, I would have thought it would have been Bowman. Uh, or or Colleton for that matter, uh, but I, let's process this together, man. Maybe you can help me through some stuff because it, it's just shocking to me. How are you yeah. doing? I, I'm good, Tone. Um, like I said, it's good to be back. Yeah, we did a little bit uh, early on for a couple of those, uh, you know, first games that were on Hawks Rewind, but then our schedules got thrown off. We weren't able to make a couple of nights in a row, and then it just never picked back up. So um, we were watching, kind of tweeting along as we could, but uh, the podcast kind of stopped. But hopefully we can get into a little bit more, and as any NHL news starts to come, um, it, we can get into that and maybe talk about draft prospects going forward here to get episodes out more consistently, even without hockey. But um, before we get into everything, a um, little housekeeping news. Make sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Four Feathers Podcast is the Blackhawks coverage unit for that. Um, myself, Tony Marchese, who's on with me, Ron Luce, Patrick Comiskey, and we got a new addition, Tone. Uh, we brought on Blackhawks D-Zone. Uh, a few of our listeners may follow him on Twitter. Um, he's an excellent follower, really likes to use advanced stats um, video to uh, make his points, and we got him on uh, to start writing a little bit about the Hawks. So his article has been pumping through over at ontapsportsnet.com. So if you don't already, Blackhawks D-Zone on Twitter. Give him a follow, um, our guy Austin. So... Let's get back into the main topic of this, Tony. You're right. Let's process this together. John McDonough fired. Uh, just the bullet points on him. Came over from the Cubs organization in 2007, was hired as the president. CEO title was later added um, in 2011 for him. He helped rebuild the front office, leading the Hawks to three Stanley Cups. Um the team was on a record 531 sellout run before the season was suspended, um, all under McDonough there. Um, Wirtz said in, in the press release that the Blackhawks put out uh, uh, to break this news, Wirtz had said he was using the league suspension as an opportunity to reassess the team's future and to set a renewed positive direction for the organization. And he also said it will take a new mindset to successfully transition the organization to win both on and off the ice while um, they're searching for a new president. Daniel Wirtz, uh, current VP of the Hawks and alternate governor to the NHL, will serve as the interim president and lead the search for McDonough's replacement. So, um, lots of process there. First of all, I, I say we take a look back uh, on what John McDonough has done here. Um, 
And it, I think there's contesting points uh, to be made here. You know, obviously the press release is going to be very, you know, uh, professional, team friendly. But here we're here to air it out on the podcast, Tony, because I don't think everybody feels as uh, warm and fuzzy about this as, you know, the <clears throat> language in that press release is. Yeah, and, and I don't know if that's just even the warm and fuzzy from the fans as much as it is the warm and fuzzy from the Wirtz family to John McDonough. Um, obviously, like you said, there's there's three Stanley Cups here, which is an on-the-ice thing, yes, and, and McDonough was around for all of these, and you want to talk about what he's done for the organization, I think. First and foremost, you have to look at championships because I think they matter more than anything when it comes to sports, but not not too far behind that. And in some owners' minds, even more important, you're talking about a guy that sold out 531 consecutive games. Johnny, name me another president, CEO in sports who's had that kind of record. Um, I don't even know if that is the record, but 531 consecutive sellouts. And we can argue back and forth whether or not the last two years every game's been sold out. Johnny, I think you and I went to a few games this year that there were some empty seats in. And I know Mm -hmm. we watched them on TV, but uh, where there was nowhere near full capacity at the UC. But from the business standpoint, we're not talking about a team that, even though was on the downturn the last few years here, they were still generating cash. They were still generating revenue through ticket sales, through jersey sales, very marketable players. There was a marketable slogan and one goal, and that's something that I'm going to talk about throughout the show tonight, uh, is that one goal slogan, because I have brought it up before um, on here, about time to change that, even though that will uh, be hard for me to see, and, and amongst many others, but um, there, that has ramifications. That was John McDonough. I mean, this is, you're talking about a, a guy that's been labeled as a marketing mastermind. Um, you know, somebody who, uh, was in charge of another Chicago sports franchise, uh, on the North side of town. And I know you and I aren't Cubs fans by any means, but McDonough has a pedigree. Um, and he came in and he led a very successful organization through what's going to be remembered, uh, for a very long time, even though I wish, you know, we won the Stanley Cup every year, but this could be the golden years of the Blackhawks franchise for the near foreseeable future, Johnny. Um, so that said, we've aired out a lot of stuff about John McDonough on this show, uh, myself included, especially during the Joel Quinville firings. Yeah. If you want, if you want to get into this right now, we can do this, but if you have another direction, let me know. Cut me off. I, I just wanted to, uh, just <clears throat> while we're on this, uh, to open this up, because then I do want you to go touch back on that. But just to kind of uh, piggyback off the point that you had made um, with the, you know, the sellout streak and being the marketing guru. Um, I, I believe Forbes, Forbes magazine was the one that labeled him and uh, what the Blackhawks were able to do as an organization, um, you know, the most successful turnaround uh, by a sports franchise ever. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's just uh, those we're just talking straight up accolades that happen uh, under John McDonough's reign here as president and CEO of the Blackhawks. So um, that's also worth noting. But I, I want you to get back into this because yeah. I-, I wanted to you know, start off by airing that out um, because we know and people are appreciative for certain aspects of what he's done. Um, and obviously it's more of an on ice thing for winning the championships. But there is a whole show that goes behind that. Um, and there is a whole structure that goes behind that. And obviously John McDonough uh, being at the helm for that. But um, lately things have taken a turn for the worse. So if you if you want to go and dive <clears> in there, um, especially with the one goal stuff, I think it's a perfect jumping off point for this. 
Well, you know, and this is this is one thing that I've picked apart on Twitter. And, you know, things start to go sour when the on-ice product doesn't live up to the expectations that were set forth, not not just by the Wurtz family, but John McDonough himself with the marketing slogan, One Goal. And we all know what they put to work behind this, uh, the One Goal slogan. They had lines of commercials, Johnny. They had... Uh, you know, the, the championship DVDs and books, one goal and one goal two. I'm looking um, at one goal two right now. <laughs> so, oh my, it's right in front of me. Um, you know, like those are products of the John McDonough era, right? Those are what we remember the 2010s with. You think about it, it's one goal and that was to win a championship. And where things start to break down, like I said, when we get off this the hawks are a a juggernaut every year you know when when you when you lose that playoff series to st louis and everything starts to just churn you've got marion hosa announces retirement followed by uh you know another significant event i'm not talking about stan bowman moves here i'm talking about things that things that more or less relate to the blackhawks as a whole that's a whole different discussion is how did how did Stan dismantle this thing? But things that were in or totally out of their control were Marion Hosa and then the firing of Joel Quinville, which that's when this whole thing for me started to stink. You go into your press conference after the firing of Joel Quinville. And John McDonough continued to believe that this was a playoff team and sell fans on one goal, which has the same meaning that it did back when this whole thing started and you're winning championships. While the fans, they're not stupid, Johnny. There's a lot of very tuned-in Blackhawks fans. Because what happens when you win championships and you're watching that much hockey is you start to learn the game. You start to learn the sport. You start to learn the team and the people who are involved with it. And as this Blackhawks fan base grew, and and yes, there were those who are well before the curve of the Hawks winning championships, but you have a whole city. You're talking about a, a team that sold out 531 consecutive games. People are tuned into this. And they knew it was not the same product that was on the ice that they were getting back in 2010 through 2015, 16, arguably. But yet the message was still the same. We're not rebuilding. We're not, we're not, we're not trying to tear it down. What was the famous, I believe in this team. I believe in this team. I believe in this roster. Yeah. I believe in Stan and I believe in this roster. And Wurtz was always there to back that up too. That's that's another thing that I want to just address is that Rocky didn't waver in this at all. Not that he would publicly, but he didn't. He probably made some public statements to back up that John and uh, Stan were safe, even as as short term as a month ago. But the problem that I had was you fired Joe Quinville. And you don't have any accountability on the guy who's actually making the roster decisions. 
there was no accountability held for Stan Bowman. And I really, truly, honestly believe, Johnny, that John McDonough probably could have bought himself a few more years by just firing Stan and Joel at the same time or just firing Stan. Because you inject a new GM, you give yourself the chance to turn the course around by letting somebody else architect the roster. And I also think that the marketing slogan, one goal, should have been retired as soon as they missed the playoffs for the first time. Instead of continuously marching out the same mantras in the commercials and the marketing stuff that John McDonough, the expert, continued to do, while it still generated sales, it still generated tickets, it it was stale to me. I don't know about you, but it was very stale. I think that's a very widely held opinion uh, amongst Hawks fans, Johnny. You know, there there was the commercial, I think it was this year, um, in the preseason and in the first few games, that they said in the commercial, we're working harder than ever to make you proud. Did I just I, I can't wait to ask this question to a few of the other panelists that we have, Johnny, but I want your initial reaction. That statement comes straight from the president and CEO of any company. What's your goals? What's your marketing slogan? You know, your motto. And in their commercial, we're working as hard as ever to make you proud. Did the on ice product this year, Johnny, make you proud as a Hawks fan? No. I mean, I mean, what do you, what do you you want me to say there? No, of course not. Obviously not. Um, It's like you had said, I think stale is the best word for it. And it got stale even like you had said years ago uh, after they missed the playoffs for the first time and they still lingered on. And then it just kept kind of, it was like, uh, you know, beating a dead horse uh, essentially to me. That that is the best, uh, I guess, analysis I can give of it. It went it went from one goal win the championship to one goal. I hope we score one goal on the power play this week. That's what it went <laughs> to. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, <laughs> all humor aside, it seriously was uh, what it felt like there. Um, now, obviously, I, I do have to say that some factors uh, out of control, um, you know, new, newly acquired uh, pieces such as a Calvin DeHaan going down early. Um you know, you have other injuries aplenty, and it's no excuse, but there were some out of their control. But then it also just reflects more poorly than back on the marketing slogan uh, that they kept continuing to try it out. So you probably could have pulled the, you know, pulled the plug on those commercials at some point in there. Um, but then again, people also would notice that and said, oh, well, they've given up for, you know, X, Y, Z. Yeah, they no longer have one goal. Well, I'm curious to see what happens to it. Um, I, I would guess that that slogan probably disappears in the near future. And I'm happy if it does, because if if anything, continuing to run that slogan, Johnny, in my opinion, diminishes the value of what the what do we, what do we call it? Half decade run at this point in time, um, you know, uh, greater part of a decade since greater part six. of a decade. Yeah, you talk about 2009 in there, I guess um works with this as well but man it's just i didn't see this coming but at the same time it was apparently evident to everybody that there were still changes that need to be made we thought that they were going to be stubborn maybe the bulls across across town not even across town just across the united center uh 
maybe that sparked something, you know, like you got Jerry and, and, and Rocky talking and I think we, I think we joked about this at one point in time. Who's going to be the first one gone? Stan and John or Gar Pax? Pretty sure we joked about that at one time, but yeah. you know, I, I didn't see it coming, but it was, it was time to do something and they, and they did it. And I'm still trying to process it, so let's keep doing that. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, a lot of, uh, like you had said, I think unexpected is the best word, even amongst the um, general Twitter reaction, I would say, the reporters that are tuned in still um, every day to this thing, um, getting any updates that they possibly can uh, out to the hockey fans. Um, so I just want to address a couple of the points um, that, that are in here. You, you talked about Rocky giving a uh, vote of confidence to uh, McDonough and Stan. And that was, you said recently, yeah, that was March 17th. He came on the Blackhawks talk podcast um, and words had said that McDonough and Bowman will be back. Um, that was just a little over a month ago that he said that. Um, so interesting timing with this. And then that leads to speculation that, oh, something must have been severed in between there. So we get um, reporter George Offman on Twitter. He says, word I get is McDonough and Wirtz are on opposite sides of resuming the season. Wirtz wanted to. McDonough clearly or McDonough did not clearly not in all caps, the main reason for McDonough's dismissal. Something very significant occurred for the relationship to end. And then John Greenberg of The Athletic, um, he wrote an article, and his tweet when he put out that article was, McDonough and Danny Wirtz, uh, who will be taking over now, um, to you know in the interim position to oversee uh hiring mcdonough's replacement but uh what greenberg had said was mcdonough and danny wirtz reportedly had a contentious relationship and some people think that is what led to the firing so um tony your thoughts on this because this is kind of um out of left field just like all this news is i i can't I can't dissect this because as as George Offman said, something very significant occurred for this relationship to end. I've got two conflicting thoughts in my mind. I'm going to I just want to go ahead and say that I doubt it was the covid pandemic stoppage. Yeah, because they don't really have a say in that. You know, obviously they can have opinions on it, but they don't really have a say if it goes on or not. You yeah, know. that that didn't make much sense. I pretty much just went into the last sentence of this tweet, and that's all I really care about. Something very significant occurred for this relationship to end. One end of my one end of the spectrum is, well, something significant did happen. It's that the Blackhawks have sucked now for two plus years. They just cannot perform, and they don't make the playoffs. That is significant to warrant change in an organization at the coaching level through the team president level or what have you. That's normal. Then the other side is you look at the business aspects that we talked about and McDonough um, clearly very, very well handled all of his responsibilities in that realm. We all know that. The part where there was a significant event that had to have happened had to have happened in the last month. <laughs> just based off the timeline that you just gave with March 17th and now and the reassessment. And I don't know, maybe tinfoil hat theory, like I just mentioned, kind of jokingly, seeing the Bulls 
clear this whole way into relevancy, not only with external factors like the last dance, but also overhauling their entire organization to get themselves to the next step was eye-opening for Rocky, who sees all this stuff going on in the Chicago sports landscape, maybe took a look at the one-goal commercials and said, wow, this is stale. If I want to stay relevant, I need this organization to take a step forward. Mm-hmm. And John McDonough isn't going to change. He's, if, if he's still rolling one-goal commercials out there, banking on the Kane and Taves days, Rocky Wirtz is, is in jeopardy of losing what hold he has on Chicago, what, like little hold left he has on Chicago right now. Yeah. Being relevant. Because for the last 10 years, you, you go anywhere, you'll see people in a Hawks sweater, a Hawks sweatshirt, or a Hawks coat, Hawks hat. Now all of a sudden you're going to start seeing Bulls stuff everywhere. You may start seeing White Sox stuff everywhere. And where does that put the Blackhawks back to? Yeah. Tinfoil hat theory. Yeah, no, legitimate. Uh, and another thing that I just want to go back to is um, even through a, a very PR sculpted uh, team statement, um, you know, using this stoppage, this current suspension of the league as an opportunity to reassess the team's future. Um there's obviously a lot of probably consideration going on because they got to talk about draft. They got to talk about um, what to do uh, when this comes back, uh, when hockey is finally back in action. Um, And I I get the vibe. I would like to think that at least this is me, just my personal opinion. I would like to think that they wanted to have a little bit more of a hockey mind in there and not just a straight up marketing guy. Um, that's just one of one of my takes um, that it's a hope, you know, more than anything, I guess, a hope that that's the direction that they go. Uh, someone who's more hockey centric than just the uh, business marketing aspect of it. Obviously, you need both to succeed uh, at all levels, both on off the ice in promotion of your team and staying relevant. A point that you had mentioned. But um, I think when you're talking about reassessing the future, um, you're talking about things getting stale, not just the one goal campaign itself, but the leadership of John McDonough um, in and of itself. So that's that's kind of where I stand on it, um, based on these sort of uh, reports and comments, just kind of gathering all the information that we have. Um, They're pretty tight lipped about this. Uh, no one saw it coming. Um, and this is where we're at now. So we're just giving it to you raw, unfiltered, um, like we always do here at Untap Sportsnet. Yeah, man, I just... <laughs> It's it's crazy, but it, at the same time, something had to change, and, and I'm glad that this is when this happened. You know, like we were a month like a month ago, we we're complaining in our four feathers group chat, Johnny, like, ah, oh, fuck, they're keeping around John, they're keeping around Stan, which means they're keeping around Carlton. We can see systematic changes in the Blackhawks mm-hmm. organization that, by the next time they take the ice, and that's where I want to start to push this that's, direction. That's exactly where the next bullet point is here, Tony. Um, what does this mean for Stan Bowman, Jeremy Collin? Is this the tip of the iceberg? Is the writing on the wall? Um, your initial thoughts? Absolutely. Absolutely the writing is on the wall. And uh, I, I personally believe that uh, you make these changes the way they're about to. Um, considering the dominoes continue to fall the way I expect them to. Um, You don't fire Stan and Jeremy 
with John. You let whoever comes in here make those decisions. And Stan can interview for his job. And if he keeps it, Jeremy probably does as well. Um, But they're going to have to interview with whoever the new president and CEO of the Blackhawks is. And it's going to be their decision whether to keep or fire them. Um, And I think you do that for a few different reasons. Number one, Stan Bowman might be the best candidate on the board for whoever takes over here. Um, I know people don't want to hear that, but that might be true. Um, You never know who's coming in here. I I would guess outside the organization, that's just an initial thought um, where they will bring somebody from the outside. But not only to give them the opportunity to just interview for their position and keep it, but there's also there needs to be a knowledge transfer in the organization. Whoever comes in to take this role needs to be able to at least have a few conversations with Stan, Jeremy, understand where things are right now. And they're not going to get that information. If you just clean house and start everything over, technically we are still in the middle of a suspended season. So you probably, if, if it does resume, see Stan and Jeremy ride that out. You would not make changes at those levels, in my opinion, based on what's going to happen, whether or not they have expanded play. There's too many, too many question marks right now. But having those in place to at least finish out the end of the year, maybe audition for their job rather than interview for it underneath somebody else who's leading the charge here. But then I, I do believe you will see wholesale changes. Um Jeremy Colleton's a little bit interesting, though, Johnny, in my mind, because Mm -hmm. I hate to say this, (laughs) but he was starting to turn some things around and doing some things that I did like um, as a head coach. And he's so young that you know that he's still growing into whatever he's doing. Is he a competent NHL coach right now? I think the jury's still out on that. I don't. I don't think he has enough experience to lead a team to a championship right now, which is where we all want the Hawks to be. Um, But he is developing. There are signs of improvement, and he is so young. Do you take the chance to continue to let him grow in this role? Depending on, you know, we could get to players too and how this involves, uh, you know, what we're going to see on the ice. But... He's he's a really interesting case. I don't know what I would do with him personally. Yeah, I think Jeremy Colladin's a massive question mark for all those reasons that you had just outlined there. Um, but I, I would, you know, I'm with you on that. Um, if they were just, I, there needs to be some transition. So that's why it wasn't just a wholesale uh, a clean out. Um, so I think yeah, there's going to be a process obviously to determine. Um, you know what? What up by uh, Danny Wirtz here um, as the interim, uh, you know, president to get a new president and CEO, um, and then the dominoes will fall from there. Uh, I, I think you laid it out uh, fairly well. I like that um, term that you used 
audition, not interview more than anything. If the season were to resume, um, obviously we don't know uh, anything on that. If the season is going to come back or not, but uh, I think that could be a good way to uh, kind of determine things. And I would not be shocked uh, even with say a new, obviously we're going to have a new president and CEO, even if a new general manager is brought in, I would not be shocked, Tony, if Jeremy Colladin stays around. Uh, I know people want to say the clean house uh, and the whole, uh, you go and, Look at the Twitter replies to any of the major accounts, to the reporters, to the team's official account. And everyone's, okay, good. Uh, let's Now do you stand in Jeremy? Because that's, you know, that's the immediate, that's the um, the mindset. Uh, Everybody of the, loves of seeing the people get fired. The, yeah. You just, like, it's just inherent. I Like, but it's only in sports. This is a weird off tangent here. But, like, <laughs> have you ever, have you ever just, like, rooted for somebody to get fired? Like, you're sitting on the train and you're like, I hope that fucking guy gets fired today. <laughs> like, that never happens. You're never just like looking across. Maybe a maybe a coworker you hate. That might that might be the only other time. Or your boss. You know, if you fucking hate your boss, you're like, I want that guy to get fired. But in sports, it's just everywhere. Fire the head coach. Yeah. You know, like we're we're even talking about like a an up and coming White Sox season. Every team, every fan base just wants to see their head coach get fired. And then they get fired, you're happy for like three days. You're happy that you've hired a new coach for three days, and then you want him fired too. It's in, it's incredible. I love it. Yeah, no, it is pretty ridiculous. Now, I think this kind of go back to um, the other side of the United Center uh, in the Chicago Bulls, and they're obviously making sweeping changes there. Uh, Arturis Karnasovas um, totally revamping everything over there, uh, bringing in his own brass of leadership there. Um, I would imagine that that is probably what it's going to look like, at least in the front office position. But that leaves still the big question marks surrounding Jeremy Colladin. And I think it's just at this point, Tony, the, the best thing to, you know, best way to look at it is that it's way too early to tell. Um, obviously this news is fresh. It just came out today. Um, today being Monday, uh, April 27th, when we were recording this. Um, so there, there's going to be a lot up in the air and it'll be interesting to see. And unfortunately for us, the fans sitting at home and we, you know, got nothing better doing during the COVID-19 pandemic. I would imagine things stay pretty tight lipped. Um, and yeah. I would imagine we don't get too many updates on who's actually interviewing, who is a legitimate candidate to be honest with you. You might, but the Blackhawks organization has been really good about keeping things under wraps over the years. There's not many leaks when it comes to the Hawks. There was no leak for this one. Um, I think Barstool Chief did tweet out maybe an hour beforehand that he heard something that he wasn't sure if he believed. Uh, but that, like, that's within the hour, fifteen minutes, somewhere, somewhere in there. It could have been ten minutes before the whole thing happened. I'm not sure. I was on a conference call when all this thing, broke, like, all these different tweets and everything started breaking. And actually, the first one I saw was the Blackhawks official press release. Yeah. Which yeah. is incredible. You don't normally get that um, in today's social media day and age. One quick side note, Johnny, I'm really happy that I don't have to talk on Bulls on Tap ever because that president's name I will never be able to pronounce. I promise you that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've never been too much on pronunciations. Remember the Kajula guide I had to make you when we recorded yes. him? Yes. <laughs> You've never been too keen on those. <laughs> no, I've never been too keen on pronunciations. Um, and let's just hope that the Blackhawks hire somebody's name that I can pronounce very well. Yeah, so um, that's that, that's the four feathers criteria here yes. if you're looking for that. Uh, it needs, just let me be, needs able to be able to pronounce, pronounce it. It needs to be John Smith, something like that. I mean, I'm just happy that I'm not going to have to try and spell McDonough 
um, in any more articles. <laughs> Jesus. That's um, where we're at tonight. That's that's where we're at tonight. Man, this is breaking. Uh, we're here uh, with you Hawks fans. We'll share anything as, as it becomes available. But um, me and Tony just want to get on the mic and kind of give our immediate reaction to this um, as it stands right now. Um, obviously, we've reflected a bit on John McDonough's career. And there's um, it, it's weird, Tony. I, I just want to go back to just on McDonough here because I, I think the verdict that you and me can arrive at for uh, the future is that we don't know. Um, and it's going to be a process. That That is the final verdict on how things are going to go forward here. Uh, Stan Bowman, you would imagine that that eventually gets severed. Jeremy Collin, I would say still a huge question mark like you and I uh, kind of agreed on here. Um, so uh, to all the, you know, the the Twitter people that <laughs> like to be in the replies immediately, uh, get him out, get the get that guy out, too. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't hold your breath uh, on that. Uh, that's my final statement on that. But I just want to go back to John uh, just a little bit here. John McDonough. I think it's interesting how some people perceive um, both sides of this because some people want to go overly positive and only look at the, you know, he changed everything and this and that. And then other people have, you know, contentious points about, um, oh, well, he, you know, didn't handle this well and he, you know, let this one goal thing run on too long. Uh, But I I think there's a middle ground in there. Um, But one take that I saw was were some of these changes that John McDonough had to make coming in common sense uh and he just gets praised for it because it finally happened within the blackhawks organization given their prior ownership i don't know you still need somebody who's able to make the right decisions right you still need somebody who's gonna assemble that team establish that message yeah it was going to be a really easy for somebody to succeed in the role that John McDonough took because of what you were walking into, right? You're walking into what was rated like the worst franchise in sports. So how could you do any worse? Yeah, bar is low. <laughs> the, the bar is low, but okay, so maybe they go from the worst franchise in, in, in sports to a, a middle-of-the-pack team? There's, there's still the fact that he took them to the top. I mean, if you look at teams and franchises through that through the last decade, the Hawks were like almost, if not the best well-run oiled machine in all of sports. That was John McDonough had a part in that. Yeah, there's no arguing that John McDonough had a part in that. His messages, the way that he did business. The way he, like, yeah, Stan has part of that. Joel has part of that. Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane have a major part of that more than anybody else. But John McDonough still was part of that. So that's that's where I'm at with it. I mean, I think you're right. There's a middle ground. John McDonough, he, he does have an impact on the Hawks winning three Stanley Cups, the parades, the one goal books that everybody bought. The rise to relevance, I the think. The rise is... to relevance. Ri- I would kind of argue on the rise to relevance, Johnny. 
some some of the it, rise to relevance wasn't underneath the McDonough blueprint. He inherited some of it, but he executed it. That's that's where I'm I'm iffy on it. Yeah, and I, I think you know it's easy. One of my things that I kind of get caught up on is that it's easy to market a winner. Um, but there was buzz even before that first Stanley Cup, uh, I think. And you know, McDonough took over in 07. Um, and obviously the playoffs uh, returned to that in 2009 um, for the Blackhawks. And I think there is still a buzz around that. And granted, obviously, that is because uh, mainly the product on the ice. I think that's the one thing that I, I can't drive home enough. It's always about the product on the ice. Fuck, if the product on the ice is still good, he'd still be around and everyone would be happy with Stan and John, and, you know, everyone. And Joel would probably still be here. Um, that's the reality of the situation. But um, I think there was a, a buzz that he needs to have a little bit of credit for. Um, so I will give some kudos in that regard, because even I, I had, you know, uh, like it, it can go back again. You can say, you know, just the product on the ice itself. But either way, the Blackhawks became an attraction again. Yes. Um, I think that is the biggest thing. And even, you know, throughout that season, you got a winter classic in there. Um you, you know, you, you had these kind of building of a, I don't know, what's a, a merchandise empire, so to say. You, you started seeing that stuff start to pop up more. And granted, that, you know, also has to do with, with the relevance. You can always go back to the product on the ice. And I think we always will here because that's what it's first and foremost about uh, the hockey. But it also takes, like, like you said, at the top to execute it. So I'm just kind of, that's why I wanted to lay out the middle ground thing there. Uh, I do kind of sit in the middle on that because it, it can't be... It, all the pieces that helped you win those, you know, Stanley cups uh, from the front office down to the very last guy who was the healthy scratch in the Stanley cup final game uh, to the equipment manager uh, there. I think, you know, everyone deserves credit uh, when it comes to those, but um, it just got stale uh, at a point and it was time for a new direction. And Rocky said that himself pretty much uh, time to reevaluate um, assess the best going forward for on and off the ice. So um, I just wanted to get any final last thoughts that you had on McDonough there uh, on that front. Um, one last topic that, that we'll use to close the show out then. Um, and I know it's hard to say because this is all trickle down effect then, because you know, who's going to be a new GM then is Jeremy Cowling going to stay around. Um, this could open up though. Uh, is it time for the full fledged rebuild? Is anyone untouchable? Um, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, any thoughts on their future um, as a result of this? I know we're going immediate reaction, immediate fire um, right here. Uh, but if you had any thoughts on it, uh, I'd like you to share them here. Yeah, I, d I do have thoughts on it, Johnny. And um, I actually just I read a tweet that uh, Mark Lazarus just sent out. And I might want to circle back on it in a minute here. But uh, the thought of a rebuild at this point in time, um, you certainly knew it was not coming when john mcdonough was the president and ceo of this team you absolutely knew it was not going to happen um stan has made promises that jonathan taves and patrick kane will be blackhawks until they retire um i think all that goes out the window right now personally honestly you bring in a president and ceo of an organization and as much as they want to tell you that nothing is ever going to change and that you know you're gonna we're gonna keep the the things that work and and shed the things that don't. 
Um, sometimes somebody gets an idea in their head and they run with it. They People have been watching The Last Dance now for the last two weeks and you see what Jerry Krause did to the Bulls. Things happen. People make their decisions given the power that they have. If the Blackhawks bring somebody in and you've mentioned a hockey operations guy, more hockey-minded, less business aspect, one of the things that they're going to be tasked with is making sure that the Hawks return to the playoffs. That includes evaluating whether or not Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane together will get them there. They are players on the roster. Yes, Jonathan Taves is your captain. Yes, Patrick Kane is the best American-born player of all time and one of the best goal scorers in the NHL. Does that mean that they fit into the picture long-term? I think that's thankfully not my job, Johnny, because (laughs) I would not want to be the one with that decision. I really would not. As much as everybody wants to be the GM of a sports team or the, the president of a sports team, the Twitter the GM, armchair, yeah, the Twitter GM and the armchair GM, I would not want cough, to be cough, faced, <laughs> Yeah, I would not want to be faced with the decision of you know because there is an argument to be made. Can you utilize the funds that you're paying Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane better to field a better roster? I think that's a valid concern. I think it's also a valid concern that eventually, and you've already seen some of it with Jonathan Taves, I I wouldn't say he's washed up by any means, but you've already seen a slight decline. When does the decline come for Patrick Kane, and what are you going to be able to get back? What kind of contracts are they going to be seeking next? It's not going to be cheap. So, you know, they've been matching their deals the whole way through. I would assume that they're not going to do it the next time, but it's, it's, possible it's not out of the realm of you know and that i think also comes back to is stan bowman still around so i i think everything's on the table right now it doesn't mean that it's for sure gonna happen but when you bring in fresh blood to lead i think everything is on the table every every single possibility is on the table right now yeah, and I think that's a question that's better answered as soon as new leadership is in place. I just wanted to get your thoughts if you had any on it. Um, I would kind of echo that and say that uh, I'm with you, that there, the possibilities are endless uh, at this point for the direction that they decide to go. Um, all depends uh, on who is actually in there. And like you had said, if they think, if it, and, and I would hope that it's a little bit more of a hockey-geared mind, um, and that's not to, you know, I already kind of highlighted some of John McDonough's strengths and, you know, uh, the marketing and the promotion of um, creating buzz, creating excitement. Th- that is important, definitely. But the, the ultimate goal you know, you're talking about, shit, we can use their own words against them. The one goal is to win the Stanley Cup. It's, you know, what's going to get the Hawks back to the playoffs here. Um, and I think a more, more, it doesn't have to be obviously your decision maker ultimately is not you know it's, it's not just one guy it's not one at the top it's it's a brass group um w- within the front office and obviously the gm has a huge part in shaping the roster um and you could argue that that's more uh important inter- integral to the team's performance on the ice but um when the you know the leadership the trickle-down effect um of that is more marketing geared. Um, you're going to have things like one goal continuing for all that 
time, uh, you're going to have things like, um, you know, touting the sellouts, um, all, all of that. Of course, that was included in the press release. I mean, it is impressive. Don't, go, don't get me wrong. So that's a, that's another credit to John McDonough there. But uh, at the same time, it was for a product that was not going anywhere because let's be honest, the Blackhawks were not making the playoffs. I already wrote them off. Remember, was that uh, mid we had a funeral. Mid, we had a mid funeral February. Yeah, we had, we had the funeral on Four Feathers here. I wrote the um, the end times the end times article. You remember that one, Tony? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I I would say just wait for the new brass to come in to to really get a better gauge on those. But um, definitely on the table for the future uh, of some of those core guys. So yep. uh, it, it'll be interesting, interesting to say the least. Um, all right, Tony, we're getting to the end here. Uh, final thoughts. I had one last thing I wanted to bring up, and this is a tweet from Mark Lazarus um, just a few minutes ago, um, and he tweeted a uh, a picture of part of his book, Johnny, uh, If These Walls Could Talk. I'm not sure if you've read that um, or not, but uh, since he tweeted a picture of one of the pages, I, I just want to I just want to read something. Um, it may segue into something here, but uh, this is from If These Walls Could Talk, Mark Lazarus. Um, I'll preface some of this so I don't read the whole page, but uh, Mike Gapsky, uh, athletic trainer, Blackhawks, um, was this is three days into John McDonough's tenure uh, with the Blackhawks, and he's bringing him purchase orders to have McDonough sign uh, for eighty four dollars. Johnny, uh, this is a uh, a professional sports team and you've got an athletic trainer walking into the president and CEO's office to sign $84 purchase orders for hockey equipment. And, uh, John McDonough tells Mike, Hey Mike, can you please close the door? What is this? You've got a budget. We can expand it if you need it. Uh, Gapsky replied, we just want you to know how things were previously done around here. We needed approvals for every single purchase order. Um, and in the interview, uh, McDonough comes back and says, I couldn't believe it. They were reluctant. They were reluctant to even give hockey bags to people. Just things I never imagined would happen in baseball. They need to think bigger. I don't know if there was an intimidation period or not for some of these guys, but I think they sensed from day one that we were here to make things better for them. I mean, in some ways it was incomprehensible. How could we have gone so long without doing simple things even the quality of food in the press box you need to treat people well this is an original six team located in chicago illinois and we were we were not acting like a major market thing all of these things had to change well (laughs) i this is this kind of goes back to a point that i had said earlier in here um weren't some of these things kind of common sense was a still leftover uh, hangover from the old man words era. These are, um, these are very all hangover from the old man words era. Yeah. But I just want to segue this, maybe put some sort of spin on it and say, there's a team in Chicago that I think could use a mind like John McDonough right now. <laughs> the white Sox. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Next gig. Hey, he's already done the north and the west side. Move it on down the south hey, side. Hey, Sunday fun day, socks on tap. We have some stuff to talk about John McDonough. So if you're not done with John McDonough talk, I think there might be a little bit more over there with some meatball takes. Classic. Classic at on tap sports net. 
meatball takes. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, as much as that, you know, it is astounding to read that. But like you'd said, what, three days into uh, the John McDonough term there. Um, yeah, it's the hangover from the old man words. And that just I had already said it. But, man, it's just the the old mentality, uh, how things were run for so long. Um, and it sure someone was the one that needed to enact the change, but they weren't necessarily hard changes to make um, hard decisions to make. I don't know. No, That's just no, my takeaway from that. After you reading that page to me, you know, there's just more evidence and maybe I need to go pick up that book and, and dig into that chapter a little bit more, but uh, certainly interesting though. I think you're right. A lot of this stuff is common sense. A lot of this stuff though, wasn't being done. And there is still something to be said that he he made those changes. That was him. You know, he was hired for the job, regardless or not, if it was easy decisions or difficult decisions, he still made the right ones for a period of time. And that led to the success yeah. and, and turnaround of the organization. So, um, I mean, hey, he could have told Gapsky in that situation to fuck off. I'm signing every single one of these purchase orders. I'm just going to keep doing what you guys are used to. Um and kept crappy food in the press box and saved some of that dollars, those dollars and pocketed them for Rocky words. No, he made those changes. Yeah. They were mindless and easy to make, but there was still a choice there. He still made, made some right decisions. Um, and Hey, I mean, I loved one goal for a long time. I will. Yeah. I think I will continue to. And like I said earlier, stopping it now just prevents it from any more further damage to the brand that was created. Yeah, yeah, it keeps keeps it from tainting it because there were such good memories tied to so many of the championships. Um, And like it's, I I think that's a stale tainted. Um, You don't want to get any longer. Um, I think all of us would be happy with retiring that, um, leaving it where it was, and we can just kind of forget about these last couple years of commercials that have been running. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody's gonna remember those. As long as you turn this thing around, nobody's going to remember those. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, interesting point to leave us off on there. Um, I think the general takeaway is that uh, change is likely on the horizon, but um, this is just the first step of it. Um, I call, I'm going to call it tip of the iceberg. Um, we, I would, to round things up here, I would say uh, Jeremy Colladin is still a massive question mark. Stan Bowman, um, probably a little bit more likely uh to be gone but obviously still need to have that mind up there uh at the top who who it actually is going to be we have no idea it is literally less than you know what eight hours since the news broke Uh, and we're here uh just giving our reactions for blackhawks fans out there um we hope you enjoyed tuning back into the forefathers podcast uh as nhl news breaks maybe we can get some of these uh quicker uh episodes obviously not the longer extended versions an hour uh, like you guys are used to. But um, Tony, it was good to be back talking to Hawks with you uh, on the microphone. Uh, you have any last words before we send it out? Just what we always close it down with Johnny. Well, let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks. Hawks.